0: Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis. After being widowed at 38 with three little kids and now blending our family with a man that made my heart come back to life, I know that it is hard to calm the chaos through life's ups and downs. If you are lost in the overwhelm of motherhood, if you're trying to be mindful of true self-care again, or if you need to find simple ways to detox your life, mind, and home, come to The Well our online wellness collaborative of coaches where you can find restoration through natural wellness, inner healing, and faith that brings freedom to your heart. In the Bible, the woman at the well went to the well for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. Grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. Welcome back to the Well Podcast. It is Hi. it is so cool. So the podcast is over two years old, and you were on right at the beginning and you were about to finish school to be what's your official title now?
1: Um I'm a registered mental health counseling intern, is the official title, a mental health counselor uh to the yeah. layman.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And and so if you listen to that episode or go back, I will link it in the show notes. But um Kim and I have daughters that were friends in middle school, and we don't live in the same town anymore, but we still get to see the girls periodically. Mm-hmm. And we were we were Christian moms together. We, ne- we, d- we didn't necessarily know each other very well, but we were really in the thick of it when we met. And so it's cool that my coaching and podcasting journey and your being a therapist journey have kind of like come back at the well. So thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah. My, my journey to go back to school um, at, you know, when my kids were older and really just kind of seeking a, a calling for my life that God was kind of tugging on was kind of scary, you know, to do all of that. But then um, I really just dove in head first, and really uh, had God kind of guide me on the areas that would be helpful to people based on my experience and my heart. And that's kind of where I've where I've landed. And I love my work.
0: That's amazing. It's, it is, it's so needed. I think the world is very different from even when we did our first episode together. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of philosophies and a lot of things. So I asked you to kind of give me a pulse of what you are finding this podcast. The well podcast is for women, mostly moms who have maybe lost themselves in motherhood But they've definitely are struggling with anxiety, worrying about their kids, getting it all done, being health minded, but also feeling like they're torn in so many different directions. So I try to, I pray that this is a safe place for women to come and to hear. I'm pretty honest about a lot of what I go through as a mom, what I went through as a mom when they were younger. So what are you finding what are you finding with your clients just recently? What do you think the biggest struggle for, for women?
1: For women. Yeah. So I have, um, I see kids and teenagers, but I also have adult clients. Most of my adult clients, almost all of my adult clients are women. Um, interestingly on that point, I have a lot of teenage girls, So Mm -hmm. I do have, that's kind of a high calling for me as well. They are becoming women and navigating through identity crisis and personality formation, identity formation, that sort of thing. And so I get to, it's really kind of cool actually, because I get to see it on the front end as they're walking that journey in a very scary world. And and the good thing for me is that I see it from the teenager perspective, which helps me to help the moms in the parenting world, right? Because it is a different world. You say not, you know, from a couple of years ago for sure, but I always look at it from the perspective of a much different world than when I was a teenager, right? And now mm-hmm. I'm parenting teenagers as well. So mm-hmm. um, it's tough, but I think the thing that I see a lot when you, you mentioned anxiety, I think the overall theme is just overwhelmed, It's mm-hmm. overwhelmed with trying to get it right. Trying to navigate um, their faith, their responsibilities, the culture, their heart, um you know moms bring into it like an emotional connection trying to that balance of trying to do the right thing in the long term while having that emotion going on too worrying about kids um and having all the empathy that we tend to carry with us which can be a heavy burden it's a blessing but it also can be a heavy burden for our kids so a lot of it is overwhelming uh the amount of stress that they have of trying to get it right and do the right thing and looking into the world and they have to answer a lot more difficult questions uh from their teenagers now right and n- learning how to navigate even their silence um that's very overwhelming navigating our, our kids silence especially teenagers and so you know there's sometimes I refer books to my clients especially if they have children um you know one of my favorite books is untangled um and it's a book specifically for te- for for parents of teenage girls and it really helps to navigate kind of when the, some of the current situations that are that are going on, but yeah. So there's a lot of chaos, right? We talked a little <laughs> bit about chaos. Um, that yeah. word comes that's up. A the, lot.
0: That is the new theme of every podcast that I call it. Calming the chaos with the holidays, calming the chaos with anything are the highest downloaded podcast episodes. Yeah. So that tells me the overwhelm, which I know, cause I experience it. My girlfriends experience it. I, I know that that's it. Yeah. But we talk a lot about, you know, chaos is is really negative,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I mean, it's not just chaos means that things are out of order and we're losing or we're feeling like we're losing. And so I think that that's a real thing that we are feeling, especially because of of what you're mentioning, it doesn't feel always that we know the next steps. Or I love how you said navigating silence, <laughs> not just with teenagers, but even with ourselves. I think that we've all been silenced because of just the animosity in the world. So anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Go
1: ahead. Oh, yeah, I mean chaos. It to me, when I think of chaos, um, you said out of order. I also think of kind of like loss of control, and as moms, you know, we're in charge of the kids, you know, and so when you lose control of you know, their behavior, their decisions, their thought process, right. Even just as they get into teenage years, they start to really challenge and push you up against maybe this belief system that you've raised them with, um, going, you know, they start turning around teenage years. You know, I always warn parents about this because they see it and it's so confusing, but they start turning away from their parents and slowly going and turning the direction towards their peers. And that is where they look to for confirmation of who they are identity formation, validation, like all of those things. And us as moms, right. We can be like, well, no, you're, you're good. And you're great. And you're, you know, just keep walking this path and we can do the encouraging, but really they're looking at their peers for that. So that's a very tough place to be. And as a, as a mentor and cheerleader for our children to help them navigate the world that they're going to be going in to on their own, it's really a, uh developmental, necessity that they start turning towards their peers because as a, you know as they grow towards adulthood and they march every year right closer and closer they are going to be in a world with their peers and so they have to learn how to navigate that on it's kind of like an on-ramp so to speak oh. right but mm-hmm. t- learning how to teach them how to go into the world and not be like the world is really tricky so yeah there's a lot of chaos in that um you know getting ready for you know for school or college um or sports you know trying to like navigate their value system and and trying to impress that upon them because we start feeling the crunch too of did we do enough have we impressed enough and and I see Mm -hmm. a lot of parents of teenagers kind of like clamping down a little bit like don't forget I taught you this you know what I mean meanwhile the the teenagers are trying to pull away and figure it out on their own it's it's tough so chaos I would say is a great word it is somewhat a A picture in my mind I have is kind of like a bunch of things kind of swirling around and and us moms just trying to grab a hold of things before they fly away um, or we lose them. And so that's kind of a loss of control that I think a lot of people struggle with. It brings anxiety. It brings anxiety um, to Mm -hmm. a lot. Right. Um, I heard the thing the other day that talked about like the differences between depression, anxiety. Right. Like depression is is pulling yourself down into a pit about the past where anxiety is pulling yourself out into a spiral about the future. Mm -hmm. Right. And just really learning to live in the present is kind of where it's at. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I really advocate for my clients um, is for my women, especially is self care. We are so bad at that and it is a natural nurturing tendency to, to, take care of others, take care of our children, take care of our husbands, take care of our home. Um, and, you know, self-care is so, so important um, and it looks different for everybody, right? Exercise is obviously a really huge one because it, it is, does really great things for your, for your body, but also your brain and your mood, which helps you to be more present in the moment, right? And then you have, um, you know, an emotional support. As women, we need connection with others to help uplift us and support us when we're feeling kind of out of control to ground us to give us truth in the moment. Um, again, with that presence, nutrition, right. Having fun, hobbies, um, things that, that bring us joy. And so the other thing going along with that, that can help with some of this chaos is just kind of a lot of being a parent and and mom is learning how to let go. And it's so hard. It's that like, right. That loss of control, like, um, knowing that like there is no such thing as perfection and nobody is going to get it right. hundred percent of the time and just taking the, the small, you know, wins and, and you'll see them in the small glimpses of your children and just letting those be encouragers and letting go of the things you just, you just can't control. Right. And that helps to release some of that anxiety, having grace, um, for yourself in your mistakes, showing that grace to your kids and having that come back to you is one of the most rewarding things I find. Um, and that is just the le- learning, the art of forgiveness, forgiving yourself, um, forgiving others, and then picking back up and, and doing better, moving forward and learning together. Um, I think kids really find comfort in realizing that their parents know that they make mistakes too. And we're all trying to get better and learn together and mm-hmm. that ultimately love is the guide. Um, you know, finding joy in small things. Uh, what about this moment? or the season brings me joy in the midst of the chaos, right? Find that thing in the room that is like, what is that? That brings me joy for me. It's baking when I'm having a really Really? chaotic time. Yes. For me, it's baking. I get in the kitchen and I make cookies because it's to me, maybe it's part of that control. I have, it's a science, right? If you do this, then this, this, you'll get this, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then all the kids are happy because they have chocolate. For me that
0: get this is fat thighs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say eat them all.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's that's where I missed that one. I don't bake for my kids because I can't leave it alone because I work from home.
1: (laughs) Yes, I get that. That's surely a balance you got to find, but I do enjoy the smiles on faces as they have chocolate chip cookies. And that's kind of the thing that brings me joy. It could be something different, right? Um, actually that was a really good
0: reminder today because You know, I talk all day about cutting sugar and for your metabolism and all this stuff, but you know what? Make some chocolate chip cookies for your kids every once in a while. They love it. It's such a simple. It's such a simple. Like I, I think of that even like with with older people. Like when you're, if your grandma would make a special thing and like present it, it's such like. Okay. Sugar has to be within reason, but that is a really good, that's a really good point. I'm going to make cookies today.
1: Yeah. When my kids were little, I would help, they would love helping me in the kitchen. And so they, I would, you know, of course it's a little bit of that stress, like, oh my gosh, they're going to make a mess and they're going to burn themselves or they're going to do you know? And so I would just give them like certain small jobs and they felt part of it. And, um, now they're older and they really enjoy being in the kitchen with me, which is super rewarding for me. Cause that's kind of one of my things I like to do for my self-care and re- that's a stress reliever. I turn on music, I bake cookies, you know, the kids can get involved. They come and steal the dough, all those fun things when they were really tiny. One of my, um, one of my finding joy in small things. If I was having a chaos day, um, for those of small kids, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that, but cause it's temperament too. I would sit down on the floor with books. And they just would start kind of pouring into my lap. And for whatever reason-
0: It's mm-hmm. <laughs> make peace. me cry.
1: I know, right, right? Um, yeah. And that was just our, that was our calm within the chaos for the day. Like I would find several books and they would just one on each lap and one in the middle, right? Like it was just yeah. reading these books and they just- they always kind of, that was their piece too. That was their calm in the chaos mm-hmm. of the day, regardless if there was dishes and, you know, toys on the floor and you know what I mean? Dogs in our faces, whatever it was. It was like, here, let's do this. And it's just, I don't care if it's five minutes or 10 minutes, but you've got to find the things that that give you joy. Um, the other thing I was thinking of in terms of calm in the chaos, sometimes the house can be stressful and the kids can be stressful. And maybe, you know, the, the marriage can be stressful, right? There's all those things you're trying to navigate. Um, and so sometimes you need a little bit of extra help. And so I, I recommend therapy and and not just like psychotherapy with the therapist, although that's obviously, I think everyone at, probably at some point in time in their lives would benefit from it, but mm-hmm. even things you can do yourself, like art therapy is really, really helpful for people that lean that way. Music therapy. One of my favorite things to do is take a long walk and put worship music in my AirPods and just walk hey, and it's just yep. really great. And, and very therapeutic for me learning how to be present in the moment, right? Like mindfulness and breathing, like learning how to breathe in and breathe out all the way. Sometimes in those chaos days, you realize I haven't taken a deep breath all day. Like it's just been so much. And, um, you know, journaling is kind of, can be part of that therapeutic process. Putting our thoughts onto paper can be very therapeutic and learning how to see if I can focus on what I can be grateful for today. Gratefulness is a very, I mean, science has now um, backed this up that gratefulness is a super, great Mm -hmm. antidote to anxiety and depression, you know, just focusing on the, like, sometimes it might only be one small thing. Sometimes it's only coffee, right? Today, I'm grateful for coffee, Yeah. (laughs) you know, just finding that. And then I think with all of this, when you've got the chaos of a mom's life, it's really, you have to be intentional about this, right? It's kind of like, if you were going to join Um, an athletic team, and you needed to be you need to be intentional about working out and preparing for the hard hits that you might get, right? Like somebody's gonna be in football or soccer or baseball, you're gonna get hit hard sometimes with something, and so a lot of the reasons why the the athletes train is to prepare their bodies for like you're you know, sometimes you're gonna get hit, you got to be preventative, you got to prepare your body because your joints and your muscles need to be strong enough to kind of withstand that that hit, and I think emotionally and spiritually and psychologically, we gotta be intentional about kind of arming ourselves, right? Like the armor of God you think about too and the spiritual aspect, just um, emotionally arming yourself uh, in the healthiest way, keeping fit, so to speak, for the hard hits that we have in life or just kind of that chaos that you talked about.
0: That was brilliant. That's that's so interesting. I don't really think, I think of just a sports team as just getting better at being on the offense so much of the time, Mm -hmm. but that's not true. What you said is true. They're actually preparing for the hard hits.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, yeah, that, and I don't think some of us knew how hard the hits were going to be.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. So I know for myself, if I, if I, did not have my faith, but also if I did not start self-care when my life got derailed, Mm -hmm. intentionally Mm -hmm. filled my cup, put the good in because there was so much bad coming in that I had to put the good in to push the bad out. um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure that you hear stories from all over life's experience. And I think that that was so wise because we're all going to get the hard hits. We might not think we're going to, but you do have to be preventative and proactive in your health and not just for your physical health, but for your emotional health and spiritual health as well. Cuz yeah. we're all going to get something
1: for sure and and I think you know the healthier you the healthier you are in the meantime, it just it doesn't mean it won't hit you like you said. It doesn't mean life's not going to hit you. It just means you will be more well equipped to withstand the hit and the, the athletic analogy is it just makes so much sense to me because I see these guys training and you're right. It's not just so they can get bigger and stronger and faster for the offense. It's so that when, when somebody big comes along and just, you know, that's bigger than them in the, in the moment, right? Like a, like a situation in life that can just seem bigger than us in the moment, you know, will kind of knock us out and how fast we get back up. Often, often is a is a reflection of our resilience. resilience is one of my favorite words, because it isn't a matter of when you're going to get hit or preventing getting hit. It's how fast you get back up or the ability to get back up because like you said, avoiding life's hard hits is is impossible. And I think it's just something that as moms, we just have to be prepared for, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that is an amazing, I, I love how you, so a lot of what you put under your get extra help is a lot of what I put with with self-care, but I like how you kind of differentiated those two things where self-care, because you feel like you could almost do self-care all day long, and then you almost feel the chaos and the pressure of you're not doing your self-care. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I, I think I'm going to do this with clients is make a separate list of getting the extra help and putting those deep breaths and some of that in that bucket. Because I think sometimes we think we have to do all of it to somehow feel better. So my question though, um, as we finish up is, when do you recommend as a therapist, when is it emergency zone when it's time to call in the the big dogs, in the professional? When, you, you know, you see people at probably all stages of being proactive. A lot of people are using mental health um, therapies, proactively more I think now than decades past which is amazing but a lot of times you almost get people when it's the chaos has turned into a burning down house or home right literally so do you have any any tip to leave people with like when is it really time to make that phone call because I think sometimes people just wait and then those little hurts become bigger and bigger. And that healing does not take place. That cancer is not dug out and it really manifests itself in much worse ways when that stuff is not healed. So is there any,
1: any kind of guideposts? Like, I'm, yeah, I would say when you feel like, um, I feel like that, I think it's ever, it's different for everybody, you know, but I think when you start feeling like you aren't, your, your anxiety like maybe you start having heart racing is, is like, is kicking in and you have this anxiety or you're feeling like this extreme heaviness and you can't explain it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not sleeping very well because that will just spiral into more problems. Right. And I have a lot of people that it's like, Oh yeah, I haven't slept through the night in years. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Well, you know what I mean? And so it ends up causing bigger, more mental health issues, physical issues um relationship issues cuz you're you're irritable right and so i think it's just when you start feeling that overwhelmed feeling of um just a lot of things are happening at once i think we're we're now in this day and age we're becoming more aware of things that will a potentially cause problems down the road. So like, let's get into therapy because I know this prob this happened and it's probably not going to be great if I don't talk to somebody about it, if we're becoming more aware of that now, which I think is great. Um, so I would say when, when you are just getting to the overwhelmed, it's kind of a hard thing to describe because sometimes I would, I would define it as a, a cup that's filling up. Yeah. Some people wait until like, it's right. Like if you're in a cup, right. Some people wait until it's like right under their nose where they almost can't breathe anymore. And I would say, you know, wait until I would say not waiting till that long, but obviously, you know, when you get help and you can get help, but maybe wait until it gets right around, like, let's say the heart area, right. Like for lack of a better word, like, okay, it's getting kind of full in here. I don't want to wait till I can barely breathe. And I, and I completely shut down. Um, you know, ending up, people do, you know, bad coping skills, right? Let's look, let's look at that as an example, I, you know, drinking every day, having to get on medication, right? Not being able to get out of bed, um, not recognizing yourself in your words and actions. Like those are kind of guides too, where like, okay, something is off. I've got to, I got to do something different. There's obviously something inside, you know, that's going on that I need to address. So
0: yeah, I think those are great. And I love, I love the visual of like when you're starting to feel things are off in your gut and in your heart. So if you think mm-hmm. of the water up to that area, that's a real important area. By the time you can't breathe, you're not alive. So right. yeah. let's get it. Let's get it when it's between the gut and the heart. How about that? <laughs> I love that. I yeah. think you can write a whole book about that.
1: <laughs> I may write a book one day it's on my list. Oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> so, um, I'm going to recap your list really quick. Cause I was writing them down. Okay. So number one is self-care and we talk about that a lot on the podcast. So I'm so happy that that was your number one as well. Um, number two, the skill of letting go. Number three, grace for yourself and others. Number four, finding joy in the small things. I, I think that that is, that's really what I needed to hear today. Um, number five, get the extra help and number six, be intentional. Mm -hmm. And that all led to what you were talking about, about resilience, that you're going to get hit, but you'll be able to get back back up when, when you're doing some of these things. So Mm -hmm. I will have how to connect with you. So you do do telehealth where you could be one of the resources at the well. That if someone did want to meet with you, we could link that up.
1: Absolutely. Yep, I have in person and telehealth availability.
0: Okay. Perfect. So I, um, it's so powerful when you have the degree and you have the knowledge, but you also have the heart. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And thank you. And yeah, we we both have seniors in high school. The girls that were those little cute girls that were just a little bit rebellious are (laughs) now going out into the world. And it is, um, I've actually done a lot of episodes about, about Callie and, you know, some of, she just got home, so I can't talk, but, um, finding friendships in this world, like true friendships are, are so key for our self-care as moms and, and I really hope that our kids are knowing how to be good friends and make, right. good friends. good you know, I think that there's just something like you were talking about with, with how your peers become so important. Um, I just, I hope as moms that we can get the therapy and the help to be a good friend so that we can teach our daughters because we really need to pay that forward to, to support each other and other women. And I think that There's a lot more against them than more against us.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, in the teenage years, like I said, you're doing your identity formation and your development. And it's just, it's rough out there finding good friends that stick around or that can be real true friends. I hear all kinds of stories um, with my clients. And so, yeah, modeling that as parents, uh, modeling the friendships and modeling resiliency too. I think that it's important that they see, not that we don't get knocked down, but this is how we pick ourselves up. And this is what we do to make sure we take care of ourselves so that we can get better and keep going. Yep. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of conversations. So we have to make lots of cookies and do lots of self-care. So we have the energy for all the conversation. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Kim. This was amazing. Was and um, I'll link so people can connect with you. I'm so happy that your practice is up and going and you are helping so many people.
1: Thank you. I love it. And thank you for what you do. You're such a great voice out there. I really appreciate (laughs) that as a therapist, having people out there speaking this kind of stuff. I think is super important.
0: Oh, thank you. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the well podcast please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes and we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the well.